I'm hoping you'll pick up and catch what I'm trying to say today. It's so very important, and uh, uh, yet it is so difficult to re-adapt our minds, to reconceive, uh, because we have been uh, uh, subject in decades now, for decades now, to psychological interpretations of just about everything. And when it comes to Romans 6, when it says we died to sin, we look at this, we tend to look at this in a psychological sense. Well, in the sense of, uh, okay, well, I've grown and I'm growing up uh, and maturing, and so I'm slowly dying to the sinful desires of my life, and uh, uh, therefore, after a few more years, maybe, I will have died to sin. Now, please, it's a mistake, I assure you, by the careful reading of the book of Romans. The uh, uh, it is true that the book, the gospel, has an effect upon us psychologically, but it is not, as I said the other day, a psychology. When Paul talks about dying to sin, he's talking about the kingdoms, the kingdoms of Adam versus the kingdom of Adam versus the kingdom of Jesus Christ. How do I know that? Well, we go back, as you recall, we did yesterday a little bit, to uh, the end of Romans 5, at least the latter part of Romans 5, Romans 5 verses 12 to 21, where if you read it very carefully, you will see that Paul is talking about two spheres of existence, two aeons, that is two ages, not ages in the sense of time, but ages in the sense of spheres of existence. There are two ages, and those spheres of existence are the kingdom of Adam in which, where Adam reigns, in sin and death, that's our, that's where we are naturally, that's what we're naturally under, you see, because of the fall of Adam. He brought sin and death to all mankind, so every single event and action that we go through, every emotion, every uh, sin, and every even every righteousness is tainted with sin and death. And then there's the kingdom of Christ, which is the second Adam, and Paul's talking about it here, you remember, in Romans 5, verses 12 to 21. The second Adam is Christ's kingdom, where Christ has brought in righteousness, and so that everybody in the, king, in, in the kingdom of Christ is justified or declared innocent. In other words, there is no more judgment upon him or her, and this justification is to eternal life. All the kingdom, all the people of the world, from the beginning to now until the end of the king, uh, this uh, world's history at the second coming of Christ, is all the world is under the kingdom of Adam, sin and death. But also the kingdom... All the world, from the beginning to Christ's second coming, is also under the justifying life of Christ's righteousness. And the gospel is the process of God's people and the Holy Spirit and all of God's work of grace and judgment going around the planet, revealing to human beings that they belong to the kingdom of Christ. In that context is what we understand in Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? 
Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live in it any longer? In other words, we have died to the sin kingdom of Adam. The gospel reveals that. It isn't that you and I died to it personally in a psychological, internal way. It is that Christ took the place of the first Adam and took the judgment of the first Adam upon himself for for the whole world. Remember that the first Adam, when he sinned, the whole world came under condemnation. When the second Adam comes, Christ, and he does righteously, the whole world comes under justification. And so what we are being urged to understand and urged to believe is that we live in the kingdom of Christ, where we are declared innocent and freed from judgment because Jesus took that judgment. And so, you see, this means that everything that goes on in our life, even if it's a death, a a sorrow and a grief, even if it's a, a worry and anxiety about health or finances, and even if it is the depression and the struggles we go through, even if it's issues over addictions, All of these things are being experienced in the kingdom of Christ. I know at first that this is just so difficult to believe and to understand. But if you can think of it this way, that you are now in the kingdom of Jesus Christ in which there is no condemnation, in which you are justified, that is, accounted and declared innocent by the uh, righteous life of Christ that is counted to you, and by the judgment that came upon him instead of you, if you can understand that, then you uh, say to the Lord in all kinds of troubles and anxieties and worries and disappointments and griefs and failures, Father, I thank you that these things have taken place in the kingdom of Christ in which there is no condemnation. You see, you can't think of these two kingdoms as one on the left and one on the right and never the twain shall meet. That is simply not reality, is it? The reality is that the kingdom of Christ superimposes itself on the kingdom of Adam, infuses it, the kingdom of Adam with all of the, ra- the righteousness and the grace of Christ, so that though we stand in the kingdom of Adam under sin and death until Christ returns and gives us immortality and incorruptibility, while we stand in that kingdom, we are not counted as if we were in that kingdom. We are counted, remember the word imputed, it is imputed to us righteousness and justification in life. We are counted as if we were in the kingdom of Christ. So just think of what a difference this will make in our minds. Everything goes wrong, say, in a single day, and uh, the, everything hits the fan, and we are just uh, bowled over by troubles, and what a day this has been. And yet we lift up our hearts to God and we say, Father, I thank you that all of this mess that has gone on today has happened in the kingdom of Christ in which I live, in which I'm counted as living, and 
and in which there is no condemnation, and in which there is life, so that life comes through all of these difficulties and disappointments and and messes and uh, uh, misfortunes. The the life of Jesus comes through them. When you, so now you see when I say thank you that the life of Jesus comes through them, that's the psychological effect you see. But the gospel itself is not a psychology. It is not when Paul says you died to sin. He's not talking about what happened inside of you. He's talking about what has happened outside of you in the kingdom that Christ has brought uh, apart from you, um, alien to you. He has brought it to you in his love and his grace. The Father has commanded the Son to give the kingdom to, the, to, the, uh, to his children, to his creation. And so we now, by faith, bask in this. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Don't continue in that sin kingdom. What does that mean then? Does it mean overcome everything? Well, certainly we grow in overcoming things. But it means... Stop letting your mind stay in that kingdom. When something goes wrong and you say, Oh, man, God doesn't love me. Where was God? Why didn't he help me out? I don't understand why he didn't come through for me. I feel angry with God. I just want to... Or maybe you don't. You can't even voice all that. You say... You just say nothing and you just stop talking to God. What is that? That is your mind not knowing the kingdom you live in. You thought that because things had gone wrong, therefore you're in the kingdom of sin and death and you're under the condemnation of God. When in fact, you can say, okay, it's all been a mess today. Everything has gone crazy. Nothing's gone right. Everything I tried to do ended in a, a defeat and a mess. But I will not be overwhelmed because I live in the kingdom of Christ. Christ has brought the kingdom to me and everything that went wrong today is in the kingdom of Christ in which there is no condemnation and in which everything turns out to be eternal life, resurrection. And though I didn't see it today, I will trust that that is what will come out of this, whether it's a, a change in my fortunes or just a building of my faith. I don't care. God, that's your business. What I will do is trust where I belong. You see where you belong? You don't belong in the kingdom of sin and death anymore. By faith in Jesus Christ, you belong to the kingdom of life, uh, of justification and life. So try to get this understanding. Try to link Romans 5, verses 12 to 21, with all that Paul is now going to say in chapter 6 about being dead to sin, chapter 7, dead to the law, and chapter 8, dead to death itself. We are freed, you see, these five chap these four chapters, Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8, these four chapters are talking about life in the kingdom of grace, which is freedom from wrath, chapter 5, freedom from sin, chapter 6, not that you never sin again, but rather that you are freed from the condemnation, judgment, and identification of it, freedom from law, chapter 7, and freedom from death, chapter 8. 
Certainly not, he says. Well, let's get again the, the first verse. What then shall we say? Shall we continue in sin, that is in the sin, sin kingdom, that grace may abound? No, certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? We died to sin. That is to say, we affirm by faith what God has declared, that our humanity was executed with Christ at the cross. And therefore, we are dead to its identity, sin's identity, and its condemnation and judgment. We are no longer counted as sinners. And therefore, even in our failure in sin, we say, Lord, forgive me, have mercy upon me, and I thank you that I do not live in the identity of the sin kingdom anymore and never have since Jesus died on the cross. This is what we believe as Christians. Some of you find may say, well, I've never heard this. I mean, this is a shocker. I didn't think. I thought just being a Christian was doing good to people and being nice. Do you see what you're missing? The depths of the gospel reveal to you why you live as you live now and what's going on in God's kingdom. And then Paul says, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? And there some people come along with loads of guilt and say, Oh, well, I haven't been baptized. Does that mean I'm not in the kingdom of Christ anymore or ever was? No, it doesn't mean that. Look, there are different views on whether a Christian should be baptized today by water and, and uh, immersion or not. We'll talk, about, we'll talk about that tomorrow. But right now, understand that your baptism is that Jesus Christ has washed away all of your old nature by proxy, by considering it so, not by reality at this point until the coming of Jesus, so that you can live as if you were already there. Thank you for joining me today. Colin Cook here and How It Happens. I appreciate your uh, turning, tuning in. And uh, if you would give thought to helping the program out, it is listener-supported radio. Uh, this is now in its 26th year, this radio program, and I rely on you to keep going. So if you would like to make a donation, please send it to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160, or you may make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. That's faithquestradio.com. Thanks so much. I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.